Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Men's Mental Health Show, uh, episode 71, I think we are today. Uh, just a, a big uh, thank you, of course, to our sponsors, Noel Paper. Caught up with Noel yesterday. Oh, I think it was the day before, actually. And um, yeah, it was good to see him, him doing some great things in the community and for, for mental health. Uh, also, too, to all manufacturing personnel, proprietary limited, recruitment and labour hire company. Uh, specialising in staffing solutions to the manufacturing industry. If you are making or want to make something, they can source and supply the personnel required to make it all happen. Give Craig a call on 0416 700 870, alternatively, or manufacturingpersonnel.com.au. And uh, good morning, just a moment. We've got some background noise there still. There we go. Good morning, of course, uh, as I'm joined every week by my co-host, uh, Bodie Marson, psychotherapist. How are you, Boatster? <coughs> um, I'm good. Um, yeah, look, yeah, it's, it's interesting when you asked, how are you? And um, I've been really working, I guess, for uh, a long time in my life to understand how I might best respond to that question, how am I? Um, and I, I think I've developed a practice over uh, uh, over time of really checking in with wh how am I feeling, um, what are my triggers, both positive and negative, um, wh what am I interested in, what I'm re repelled by. You know, I'm constantly considering those the feedback loop of my mind and I'm constantly uh, open to the feedback that my body gives me as to what I'm saying yes to and what I'm saying no to and what I'm saying maybe maybe to. Um, but I think what's interesting for me is that the more that I pay attention to the who of me, the more relaxed I become, the more mm. in tune I become with um, um, the person I am. And it sort of eliminates those unpleasant surprises. So I sort of start to feel more uh, empowered, if you like, or mm. more... Um, um, more connected to the to the sum of all of me mm. um, and, th and that's the gift of it mm. so I'm, I'm increasingly saying no, I'm feeling good um, obviously there are things that happen in my life that leave me um, despondent you know and stuck um, reserved, and yeah. reserved yeah all, all of that but I've got, I've got to make a shout out to our listeners here that um, the benefits of having a uh, a grasp of who you are delivers a lot of self-knowledge that also is a lift in one's own um, mood and mental health. There's mm. a lift yeah. with that. Sure. Knowledge is power. Mm. There's no question of that. And I'm not talking about knowledge that's financial and therefore generates dollar wealth. Mm. I'm talking about knowledge that generates a self-understanding of who you are and um, what the person you are becoming mm. and the consolations that genuinely show up each day in your life. Mm. Another mm. way of saying it is uh, the uh, silver lining on the cloud of life. Um, you got, you got yeah. a, you got a, and another way of saying it is to be fully aware of the gratitudes that come our way on a daily basis. Mm. Mm. Soak them up. Soak them up. Yeah, don't Absolutely. let them fly by. That's no, sure. no, 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 no. Well, Hold on to them. You know, I, I, and we've all felt that, no doubt, that when we get those uh, compliments or the gratitude that comes our way, that when we do soak them up, in turn, it really does and can turn 
the way we're feeling within. You know, it only just happened this morning. I got a lovely text, a call from a father, and then a lovely text afterwards, which it really lifted me before coming on the show today because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm weaning off a, a medication at the moment, a pain medication, and it's, uh, it's quite difficult, you mm. know, getting mm. up in the morning and just having the energy and, and the will to go on. And, uh, yeah, so just little things like that can certainly uh, brighten up your day. And Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, thank you for sharing that story. Yeah, no worries, man. Yeah, yeah. Mate, um, I, I sent you a message during the week and I thought we could sort of continue on from uh, the path we've been going down in, in becoming better as men and, and evolving. Um, and, and I thought that uh, today uh, we could look at uh, the benefits of uh, self-worth, self-care uh, and, uh, and the benefits of those things like exercise and goal setting and rewards, such as what you're talking about right now then yeah. as well. Yeah, mm. great, great topic. You know, I think we keep coming back to those things that we can do for ourselves mm. ra rather than the things that um, we rely on others to do uh, to do for us you know it's a, it's a little bit like that challenge of um, if you're going for wellness you have to take responsibility for uh, the, um, the activities that bring wellness mm. and to reject uh, uh, the old habits that do not bring wellness as a re reward mm. yeah. Mm. Mm, so there's something say. something yeah. about taking responsibility yeah. for the goal of wellness, mm. if you like, or the goal of mental health, or the or the mm. um, the um, stepping away from depending on others to do the right thing in your direction. We have to sit with our own uh, mm. um, requirement to create the conditions for our well-being, mm. and um, this is um, not uh, you know, this is not me being caught up in some um, ideology about um, self-reliance. Um, it's just an incontrovertible fact that a person who doesn't take responsibility for their actions and consequences mm. um, uh, is a bit of a loose cannon to themselves mm. and a loose cannon to others. So the invitation to take responsibility um, is a call to growing up, uh, becoming an adult, um, and having your eyes wide open mm. um, for the impacts that you make in this world mm. um, and taking responsibility for those impacts that one makes. Mm. And change can't happen unless somebody is taking responsibility for their impacts. Otherwise, um, it's same old, same old. Mm. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Guess a lot of uh, people would 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 uh, say when when that happens is the the feeling of what those consequences might be it might help hold people back and might slow people down to coming to that realization of taking that ownership. Um, yeah, you know, like like the things that we've been talking about as as men, how we we need to evolve, uh, we need to behave uh, in a way that's far more. Um, uh, today around our, our partners and, and, and the way we treat our, our women. Um, there was, uh, you know, the, 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 a lot of the time we've, we've spoken about things, I'm perhaps getting off topic here, but no, let's go back to what you're saying. Um, that, that feeling of, of taking ownership as well can be quite a rewarding thing. It's mm. once, it's a load off your shoulders as well. Mm. And, and mm. as you say, to evolve or to grow up, um, to become. Um, is a massive step that, that you can take too. Mm. Look, it's the only step, mm. Um, mm. really. You know, um, it's, it's the only step, which is to take ownership 
of the things that you do, the things that you believe in, and to review them. Um, if, you, if you don't have an ability to self-reflect, um, you, uh, you're at the mercy of other people's uh, inputs at you. Because yeah. if you can't discriminate or understand what it is that you're doing or thinking or feeling or what the triggers are that are coming at you and the triggers that you're projecting outwards, mm. um, if you can't do that self-reflective work, um, it's, it's like the, you, you're not engaged. It is that scary um, thing about um, um, not being present to your reality. Mm. So if you've drifted off for some reason or other or disengaged or just in an unthinking sort of uh, mm. uh, mode of being, um, you're offline in effect, mm. um, that's scary. Mm. Um, that's scary to others and, it, and, it's, and it's scary to yourself. Self because there's no inner monitoring going on mm. of uh, what it is you're thinking and feeling mm. um, and what behavior you're considering. Mm. So taking ownership is a, is a marvelous instrument of safety for self mm. and safety of others. Mm. The person who has a capacity for knowing of what's going on for them is also loving themselves because uh, it's a protective stance. Mm. It's a protective muscle that you're exercising. Mm -hmm. So this, bl you know, this blind acting out against one's partner because you're irritated or um, there's a point of difference um, or um, you know, whatever the, uh, the trigger point is, to sort of erupt in anger um, and to control a situation um, is a really an unthinking act mm. of trying to preserve something forever in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Now the laws of change are that change occurs all the time. And um, what I'm fascinated by is the lack of talking that so many couples find so difficult to actually spend time talking to each other as a way of understanding the changes that have been wrought in a couple relationship um, and in an individual. Mm. So if you're stuck in a time warp of nothing can ever change or will not change, mm. of course when change occurs you're going to have a reaction. Mm. So you've got to be open to, through talking, to um, understand the growth journey of your partner um, and, the and what, are, what, what are those changes, how will those changes impact upon your current thinking? Mm. Now of course if a partner says, I don't want to be a housewife anymore. Um, you, you know, I, um, I want to do some study and enter into a career. That's a significant shift. And if you're invested as the man in the idea of the woman looking after the home and doing all the cooking, mm. you're going to have to make some adjustments there. Mm. You're going to have to come to the party of that. Now, to coercive control would be to say, no, you can't do that. Mm. Um, you know, when you married me, you signed up to actually be the chief cook and bottle washer. <laughs> You know, I'm using uh, um, you know, a simplification of a complex issue, mm -hmm. but to illustrate the point um, that that's a form of coercive control. Mm -hmm. All of us at, at some are uh, always changing and adapting and evolving yeah. and growing deeper capacity. So um, that inevitably introduces new ideas, new thinking, new considerations, and they're all part of our ongoing conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, and um, if, um, if, if someone has, um, is doing the uh, zombie shuffle, which is not considering or involved in conversation, mm. um, then 
um, th there is no relationship. Mm. Conversation uh, through word and through touch and through uh, um, connection are, are crucial um, to, um, to well-being. And what, what's really true for us um, guys is that <coughs> relationship is, is a source of well-being. It, um, and the, the better your relationship is becoming because of the efforts that you are making, uh, <coughs> the better your body is responding, um, the better your mental health. They're all indicators of well-being. Mm. What's well recognized in the medical model is that a man in a difficult relationship will have elevated blood pressure, will be predisposed to, um, uh, to increased uh, sugar, um, and, and increased um, use of drugs of choice in order to actually sort of manage, um, you know, the, the, the feelings of abandonment or the feelings of, a, of I'm in a difficult relationship. So doing relationship repair work, um, will in, uh, um, and which is productive. As opposed to avoidance. <laughs> yeah, as opposed to avoidance. Mm. And what's predictable also is that um, in the absence of talking, that there will be a gradual increase in tension that will be that will cause an, a physical explosion. Yeah. 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 So guys, please mm. um, uh, uh, consider this idea of um, using words mm. rather than your fists mm. to try and explore something and to register your own discomforts because um, we all have needs. Mm. Um, and men have needs and men have security needs as much as women have security needs. So, um, you, know, th you know, these are important self-help, self-care mm. considerations mm -hmm. um, mm. for managing um, the complexities of human relationships. Mm. But I, I have to, I'll say it again, invest in your relationship and you invest in your own health. Mm. Your mm. body will feel better, your mental health will feel better, and your level of satisfaction will increase. Mm. It's kind of like putting all the issues into a kettle and sealing the top of the kettle, you know, if, you, if you're not dealing with them and, uh, y and you're not prepared to take the lid off the kettle, sh things will explode. Yep. Um, you know, it's funny you say that about, uh, you know, uh, high blood pressure and, um, you know, all the avoidance things. I was so good at that. You know, I was, I was, I was just the king of it all. And, you know, and lo and behold, it, you know, something has to give. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. No, it's good. Yeah. Thanks, Bates. It's wonderful. Yeah. What about, um, you know, we, we talk about often um, how, you know, you love your baddie. Um, mm. I've just picked up golf. Um, the, the good things that are coming out of, of doing those physical, e the exercise or, you know, team sport competition um, for us blokes, um, you know, you, you talk about it quite often, how it mm. releases endorphins and, um, you know, uh, to, to, you know, really test yourself as well. Um, What's, what are the benefits of, of doing those things, I guess, you know, for your mental health as opposed to, oh, I'm not going to play this weekend, I'm just not up for it, I've got too much work going on, um, you know, and then sacrificing the things that really become self-rewarding at most? Yeah, look, I, uh, my experience um, is that um, exercise has been always a particular reward for me. Um, I was kind of kind of good at Harriers, which was kind of running. So at school, um, you know, uh, we'd have our lunchtime runs um, in the local park down in Greyland there, 
and um, you know we'd do maybe six clicks um, um, in, in the park, um, running around up and down the hills and around on the circuit. Mm. And, um, you know, they will clear your mind. Um, I'd be uh, able to learn better um, because um, the brain had been richly oxygenated by my running around. Um, all that uh, energy that uh, can build up um, so that you start sort of goofing off inside mm. your head or being mm. a smart ass in the classroom by cracking jokes and all that sort of stuff mm. you know tends, you tend to you tend to sort of settle more into the task of learning mm. so I learned very early on that um, exercise um, kind of worked for me um, also my first trade as a carpenter you know I mean I'm, you're constantly moving I think you know I think what I've understood is that over the last hundred years um, we used to get exercise from from the normal day-to-day activities that we did. So we walked around a lot. Right. Uh, if we had to jump on a horse, um, you had to go and catch yeah. the horse, then you had to climb on the horse. Then Work you had to on the third you know, story, yeah. walk the stairs. Yeah, yep, yep, yep absolutely. Um, people always walked uh, f- uh, easily, uh, you know, five to six miles to get to a place and then sort mm. of back home again. Mm. Um, how many kids talk about... We, we used to walk to school there and back, you know, for 12 years mm. and it was six miles each way, you know what yeah. I mean? You know, it, yeah. it just did that. Yeah, that's right. um, so our modern lifestyle, we just don't have mm. um, those... Um, and particularly for kids too, you know. And so particularly for, yeah. for children. So yeah. we've got to create uh, um, mm. exercise opportunities. Mm. So that's mm. the sort of really interesting mm. change. Now, some level... Um, I remember um, this old carpenter um, on, on a job site and he was 60 and his doctor had told him, mate, you're worn out. Mm. Um, and he was a lean, uh, uh, but grey-haired, slightly stooped, um, but he was exhausted. But he said, how can the doctor say that to me, that I'm worn out? You know what I mean? He, he was quite offended by it. But the reality is that the physicality of his employment um, had worn his body out and uh, um, and he was starting to actually uh, see the effects of that and it looked like he had to walk away from work and he was worried about how he'd support himself in his old age. So yeah. it was a real thing. We don't, you know, we uh, we have been advantaged by technology in that a lot of the wear and tear on our bodies mm. um, to an extent has been um, eased by labour-saving devices, nail guns, all that mm. sort of stuff. So mm. repetitive strain injuries, mm. um, you know, can be reduced by clever ergonomics and different ways of doing things. So there are advantages for a modern lifestyle. But we've also shown that, um, you know, if you don't exercise that, um, you, you get cardiovascular problems um, because cardio and vascular is all about sort of lung and heart, you know, mm. synonymously to, and to working together, mm. you know, providing optimum strength. Um, you know, we know that joints um, uh, um, become stronger as a result of activity. But more importantly, what exercise provides for us is muscle mass. And muscle is everything mm. for, for, for men and for women mm. and for children. Um, so, so muscle is this r- um, uh, wonderful means by which we hold the skeleton together and, and obtain movement. So, we, so now we've got to create exercise. Um, okay, so that's, that's the change. But if we don't, the, the obesity rates throughout the Western world uh, uh, hitting about 70% of the population. Mm. That's one hell of a figure. Mm. Mm. 70% that's, that's of people registering towards the uh, uh, obese category. Mm. So that's mm. going to have a, a long-term health effect mm. Mm. Um, on, on well-being and, um, and, been a, and, and 
um, enjoying what the, the, the muscularity that comes, comes from mm. inhabiting the body, which is fit and active. Mm. Um, so, um, you know, so exercise provides us with immediate rewards. It's not, it's, um, we've got opiate receptors in our brain that naturally respond to intense exercise mm. that provides an endorphin hit, mm. um, which is uh, an opiate, um, uh, a natural opiate in the brain. Mm. And so intense exercise provides that reward. So we're mm. talking about rewards. So exercise, the other mm. benefits are, of course, is um, weight loss, um, fitness, muscle mass, um, and um, um, and the enjoyments that come out of, mm. out of out of muscularity and wellness. So, we, for mental health and physical health, exercise hits all the boxes. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. The other thing that's really interesting is sleep. You know, we um, um, sleep is a really interesting phenomena. Um, it's doing two things: it's doing muscle repair and body repair. Um, so the body's quite active um, at, at nighttime when we're sleeping, but the brain is also incredibly active, mm. and we're coming up with um, uh, dreaming um, five times a night. We are dreaming, um, uh, have intense bouts of REM sleep that might last um, from anything from five minutes to twenty-five minutes, um, and that's when we're dreaming, and um, the the brain is integrating experience, uh, consolidating some of the experience of a day into long-term memory, and some of it has been discharged um, through uh, dreams that are either very funny um, or, or dreams that um, puzzle through problems of living. Mm. So if, if you've got a relationship complication, um, your, 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 your dreaming mind will, will work on that and will come up wow. with... Um, um, responses to that dreaming. I'm going to pick up on a dream of a guy who's been seeing me for a wee while and he's been um, working uh, through his journey of growing up. Mm. Now the dream that he brought in last week was that he um, was attending to the ears of a much older man and he was using scissors and uh, devices to pick out grubs and uh, wax and all sorts of kind of detritus in this older guy's ears. And at the end of a long extended grooming of the old man's ears, the old man said, oh my God, I can hear again. And um, he said, what's so interesting? You know, he said, I knew that dream was meaningful for me. Um, and I said, absolutely, I think it's a, a wonderful dream about how you have been paying attention to who you are and an old part of yourself as represented by the old man mm. has been freed from the inability to hear um, the rhythms of life, the dance of life, the words of another, his own words, his own wisdom. hasn't been able to talk to himself because he hasn't been able to hear. So it's not just the ear as an organ to provide hearing, it is also that he wasn't paying attention to the feedback loop inside his heart, his mind and his body. So, th so this dream is um, you know, a powerful uh, a reflection of this guy's growing journey into adulthood. And he um, is currently um, walking away from a 40 year relationship with alcohol and is starting a journey of cessation. Wow. 
So he's taking undertaking a, a, a massive transformation mm. and um, an old pattern of not attending to the problems of living, that alcohol was used as a way of uh, taking a break from the problems of living um, and using it excessively. Um, um, so he's, he's, um, he said, I'm over that. I'm over that old part of me that's come to an end. So, um, you, know, yeah. you know, to be in his presence as he's showing this act of incredible courage in re-growing re, re himself, rebirthing himself, reanimating himself, yeah. um, and stepping into his wisdom, he, he said to me, and he rolled up his sleeve and he showed me a tattoo of a wizard. He said, I've carried this for 12 years. I didn't realize actually what it meant, but I know I'm becoming wise. And so um, um, uh, he said, now this is meaningful. Now I know why I've got it. It's, it's reminded me of my becoming, where, I am, where I'm heading. Beautiful. How about that? How's How about that? How about that? Yeah. What about, say, someone like myself, Bodie, who, who struggles a lot uh, with dreams? Um, you know, the only dreams that, that I get are dreams of trauma or, you know, the yep. chase of, you know, something's, you know, they're almost, they're quite vivid too. How do I, uh, and that may have something to do with medications as well, I, I assume, if that's the case, but how, how do I, you know, enhance or, or remember or, or get to my dreams? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, the, the, the Hindu, um, they've got a, a really interesting sort of idea, which I read once, about putting um, a, a drop of milk in the corner of one's eye um, to feed the dreamer, to feed the dreaming sort of part of oneself. Um, now, they love cows, you know, they venerate yeah. sort of kind of cows. So he's, maybe it's got something to do with that or mother's milk or, Ma or yeah. something. Yeah, well. But I thought that was an extraordinary sort of idea. The other thing is um, to um, make a decision to pay attention to your dreaming yeah. um Chase so, it almost, so, yeah. so so well dream catchers uh, yeah. was um you know north american indian people un understood that dreaming um had a function in their lives and they paid attention to their dreams yeah. as a matter of course so a lot of um indigenous communities um have developed a, um the means by which they share each other's dreams yeah. um as a way of getting a um a look at what's going on for the people yeah. and and what are the signals that are coming up that need 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 some attention paid to yeah. through the dreaming content yeah, so it's wow. also in a massive way of managing conflict you know within a smaller community because the dreaming will alert you to potential conflict as, um, as much as as potential resolution <laughs> so that yeah. so so we we have lost um, at some level a, a capacity to, to sit in our dreaming life um, and honour it and respond to it as a genuine um, feedback of our brains and our hearts and our minds. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, 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 it's an aspect of sleep. It's, a, it's, a, it's one of the um, surprising gifts of, of, of sleep. Um, and, and of course, um, in, during sleep, the brain is also uh, carefully combing through uh, a certain um, detritus that um, cognitive uh, work yeah. um, uh, produces. So the residues have to be actually sort of cleaned up. Yeah. So yeah. The, the brain is actually in rep repair mode. Yeah. Um, and if, if we're s existing on insufficient sleep, 
um, you know, what we are doing is reducing our tolerance for self-regulation, yeah. for monitoring ourselves. Yeah. Um, and um, so many tests have shown that if people are sleep deprived, their performance of basic cognitive tests declines. Yeah, there you go. Already in, um, um, in motoring, um, there's an understanding that sleep deprivation is equivalent to alcohol consumption. So um, those programs that say, if you're yawning, pull over and have a nap, you know what I mean, are, yeah. are, are, are based on hard evidence mm. of a reduction in skill. Mm. Um, so, so sleep is known um, to be a restorative um, and um, it's, not, it's not a commodity. Mm. Um, unfortunately, our human reality is that we need sleep. Mm. So um, that's a, a, a major part of um, body and um, mental health recovery. The other thing I want to talk about, uh, if I may, yeah. unless you've got a question. No, 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 no go right ahead. Yeah. There's a, there's a book just out, I noticed that on Spectrum in the Sydney Morning Herald uh, by two Australian doctors, and it's called Hippocr uh, Hypocrisy, but it's spelled hippo, um, to uh, read to the Hippocratic Oath that every doctor is obliged to sign and undertake to, do no, to, to heal and to do no harm. Mm. Anyway, um, the two doctors, Rochelle uh, Bookbinder and Ian Harris, their argument is that business... Uh, health has become a business mm. and um, each, each business has a, a business model to preserve. Mm. So um, what's happening is that those business complications have started to cause distortions and biases in the way that um, health is thought about, not mm. only by doctors but also by patients. Mm. So increasingly um, doctors are telling me that um, patients put pressure on them to, to um, deliver prescriptions, mm. even though the doctor might say, well, actually, you know, uh, wait a few days and come back mm. um, because we'll see how the body responds to it. And they'll say, no, no, uh, I, I want an antibiotic now. So we now know that overprescription of antibiotics um, is a problem. So doctors mm. face um, difficulties in encouraging people to put in good um, self-help yeah, yeah, practices. Yeah. Yeah. I've, no, I've noticed that particularly yeah, with doctors yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah they're, yeah, they're holding back on, on antibiotics. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, um, and, there's, um, um, and so I'm not an anti-vax, I'm double-vax. So, um, but I think what's interesting about um, the doctor-patient um, reality is that we, ne we need to understand nowadays that it is a relationship. Right. Um, the doctor isn't um, uh, the one that's going to cure everything because um, uh, no, no one can play God in that regard. Mm -hmm. So the patient has to co-participate in the expiration of a symptom, for example, uh, to be knowledgeable. And, and um, in terms of um, like the cessation of smoking, if someone's starting to show uh, you know, lung damage um, to continue smoking... Uh, I, as a doctor, if I was a doctor, I'd be considerably challenged by that. Mm. You know, I'd start to lose. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I just think it's a. I mean, many, if any doctor is listening, they're probably going to say, "Yeah, um, I, I get that." You know, sometimes you wonder the value of the work that you're doing um, when the patient is not taking up their own um, self-help strategies mm. that lead to uh, well-being. 
Um, so, uh, yep, that's an anomaly. So, mm. but I but I think um, there are also uh, people who have been very effective in helping uh, doctors to understand the nature of symptoms and to understand that the body mind connection isn't as um, one dimensional as we've thought. Mm. Um, and so there there are the distresses and challenges of a modern life mm. is uh, bringing up uh, new illnesses, new immune illnesses that we've never seen before. Mm. Um, and so um, uh, the realities of looking for treatments, mm. um, we have to we have to consider as patients, as people, as men, mm. that um, um, that we have a responsibility. Um, to our health, um, and that um, and that is crucial to um, t to recovery. Mm. And we can't depend on the medical model um, to fix up all our lapses, mm. if you like. You mm. know, we have to take some ownership of, of our own changes. Um, modern mm. technology dazzles us with uh, the complexity of machinery, like um, NRMIs, you know, and the, all those sort of scanning like sort of devices yeah. and. Yeah. They have to be run by technicians because uh, the average bloke couldn't have a clue how to turn it on, um, and uh, the diagnostic wizardry that comes out of it. Um, but in the end, um, that is an aid to um, self-management. And if the doc's mm -hmm. saying, "Mate, um, you got to cut back on the fags, or you got to stop your smoking," mm. um, you know, the ball's back in your court. Mm. 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 Uh, the technology has done its job. Now it's your job mm. to step in, have to take up, take ownership of something. Um, we have to learn how to listen to our bodies and to pick up on the feedback loops that exist all the time um, in terms of anxiety levels and, um, and arousal levels um, and uh, pain that registers in the body um, and actually take appropriate action to, uh, to, to deal with those things. That's our role because you are in your own body. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I can certainly uh, put my hand up there and say I'm guilty for a few of those boats. But, um, you're listening to the Men's Mental Health Show um, with psychotherapist Bodhi Marzen, and Bodhi can be contacted on 0424 0424416969. We're going to go to a break. Uh, before we do, actually, if you've got a question for Bodhi or uh, myself, uh, you can text me on 0404. 077 0404 and I'll uh, and I'll fire your question straight to Bodie. Um, we'll be back in in five or six minutes after a song and a break. And welcome back to the Men's Mental Health Show uh, with your hosts Bradley Spillane and psychotherapist Bodie Marzen. Um, yeah, we're just uh, running through uh, a few things for you today. Bodie's on fire as per usual. Um, what else have you got for us there on your uh, book of wisdom boats? <laughs> um, you know, what we eat, it makes a difference. Uh, you know, that uh, Dr. Uh, Michael Mosley, um, he, he's got uh, health shows um, on, the, on the TV. He's really um, interesting. He was eating um, what he called the average Australian takeaway diet. Um, and so he's munching on pies and um, chips and yeah. macas and you know the usual sort of kind of rafter sort of kind of foods, um, both sugary and sort of kind of um, you know yeah. uh, fat saturated um, sort of diet. And um, you know then he then he got his blood tested about a fortnight later after munching away on this, and he, um, he had a previous um, 
blood pressure reading of uh, 120 over 80, which is standard. Yeah. Um, but that shot up to 140 over 95. And wow. as, as Doc said, oh, gee, well, if you'd, you'd, if you'd come and I'd taken your reading, I'd say, oh, we, maybe we need to think about sort of medication. Yeah. So within yeah. two weeks, his blood pressure was up. Yeah. And then I think uh, four weeks later, he took um, another blood sample and um, he was pre-diabetic. That, uh, that, that, that glucose was showing up um, in, his, in his bloodstream. So um, we are what we eat. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's absolutely yeah. no question about that. Um, so it's what we. Um, so it's how much we eat and mm. what we eat that also makes a difference um, in terms of, of health. Mm. So if if but we're going to instead the mindset of a lot of the people is that they go and get this medication and think they can continue on that diet stream. You know. Yeah. Because now I've got the medication, I'm fine. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. Um, absolutely. But I think. Um, you know, what's also interesting now is that buildings are starting to be built without kitchens because actually we're all buying our food in. Well, I didn't know that. Isn't what that extraordinary? That? All yeah, these yeah, inner city yeah, no, studio no. apartments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah all all yeah. that sort of wow. stuff. They're not putting in, in, uh, in kitchens, you know, where you prepare food yeah. um, and you cook food. Yeah. Um, that uh, you rely on delivery and <laughs> menu log, M-E-N-U-L-O-G. Uh, I'm sick of those ads, I tell you. So am I. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't understand how we've got a guy, I'm not going to mention any names, who does that ad and he's made his money off the back of singing songs about hoes and bitches. You know, yet we have him coming to yeah, Australia yeah, 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 and, he, yeah. and he's, what the hell's going on there? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's, hard. it's, it's uh, just attacking that younger audience. So, so, so it's another um, you know, um, way in which our lifestyle has been modified by business pressure that see an opportunity. Um, and there's actually no ethics uh, applied um, to um, to uh, is that a good thing for us? Um, ultimately, what we're wrestling with, I think, in the end, is is um, an individual's right to to choose a lifestyle, um, but at the same time, um, uh, expecting the obligation of the public system or the health system um, to uh, repair the damage of um, a misuse, you know, I think becomes in the end um, an issue we'll have to face. Mm. Um, at, at some level, the rights of the individual um, um, and the rights of the community um, that w will meet a, um, a struggle point. Mm. And I don't know how we're going to resolve that yet. Mm. I, I, but this is an evolutionary journey. Because I think what's interesting for me is that Yes, we had to individualise a sense of all of us um, a, as individuals that have rights. I mean, that, that has been a growing, emergent development over the last 50 years. At the same time, the discussion about um, rights um, and the concomitant responsibilities hasn't really occurred. And I think we've just talked about rights, but we've failed to talk about responsibilities. And I think um, individual rights and community rights um, um, has to also be a conversation. And we're not very good at those sorts of conversations. Mm. Um, so um, this is where conflict resolution comes into. If as a community um, and as individuals, if we don't have a conflict model that we can draw upon in order to explore um, the truth, the truth of something, rather than the opinion of something, um, then we are going to get caught up in rising tensions of difference that could become explosive, 
already um, in the States, there's a movement towards civil disobedience, towards compliance around masks and um, vaccinations for the COVID thing. So this this um, civil disobedience uh, on the basis of individual freedom is is a new phenomena um, that we are dealing with as a community. And I think what I'm sort of sitting with is um, um, how how we address these rising sort of tensions in a way that doesn't resort to violence. Um, uh, but but we grope towards um, a, a meaningful understanding on, on both sides that, incorpor- that, uh, that li- listens to both sides of, of, a, of a reality check. You know I, what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I think when you say, how do we go about this? I mean, look, not, I'm not saying I'm an expert by any means here, but I think the way the media has set it all out is with a great deal of fear. Now, without much... Uh, you know, uh, uh, care for for love or and, and kindness or or uh, education. Um, yep. You know, and Absolutely I agree. and I think that if we can do that in a, in a way, if we are to educate, we do it with love and kindness. We do it from the people that are the ones that are in the front line. For example, when the hospitals have come out and say, "This is what we do," I'm sure we can see that, but we're only seeing that in snippets, like on, you know, Sky or Seven Thirty Report, whichever way you sway. Um, and we need to do that through our commercials. When, when we do that through our commercials, we do it through fear. And that is by saying, if you don't wear a mask, you're pretty much going to die. That's what the, the, you yeah. know, it, it comes out as. So, and I, and I think, as you, as you say, I think it's wrong. Yeah. But, you know, it's a, you know a, a listener's just come in and said, the problem of capitalism is there's no regard for environmental health. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, would you, would you agree with that? W- you know? Look, I think um, that... Um, capitalism uh, as in terms of a bottom line which is increasing the wealth of um, you know a company or the shareholders in a company mm. or the owner of the company as a, as an exclusive reality um, um, was the only uh, consideration I think is very short yeah, short short shallow, uh, sh- and shallow mm. um, so I think we have to take a longer view um, of um, what are the consequences of a product or um, uh, invitations that we make to others to spend their discretionary dollar? We have to think about the um, you know the long term effect of that. Now, one of the mm. astonishing still in the world is the biggest industry is the military complex um, and those who profit uh, from um, selling mm. weapons of destruction. That's the biggest industry going on in the world still. Mm. And we think we're making progress. Well, um, uh, you know, if, that, if that's a capitalist model, we're mm. not making progress mm. um, at all in, in the bigger picture. We're not mm. really exploring um, what are the conditions for all of us to have some well-being in our lives. Mm. Um, and that does require um, um, something more than capitalism. It is true that some businesses are genuinely moving towards, for example, um, a, a, a no carbon footprint. So they are uh, starting to exercise their um, consider, uh, you know, their the how they spend their discretionary do- dollar in a way that is is good for the environment. Mm. And increasingly, 
um, if that really takes off as a genuine sort of kind of shift and change, um, then, then you could say that business owners um, are playing their part to actually protect the environment. Um, but, the, um, uh, but we have a long way to go for that grassroots change to really percolate through. And what's so interesting is if the change does occur, we will start to talk about um, growth and capital in quite different ways. Mm -hmm. So uh, capital won't be the privilege of a few. Um, capital will actually start to be thought of as uh, human capital um, and that everybody has um, a part to play in it. So the naked capitalism that we have been under, the yoke of that for po possibly 2,000 years, um, you know, may well change um, if we are able to um, mo moderate, modify um, those um, um, major um, ways in which we think about how the world operates. Mm. So we, ha we have to step back from the same old, same old and say, how can this be done differently? Mm. So you and I have been mm. talking about mm. look, looking after one's health if you like, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and that's yeah. an individual responsibility. But at the same time, we have to have a sort of a, a, a discussion about uh, across the board um, um, a, a, um, and global considerations. And I think the climate mm. summit recently mm. is one example where um, you know, people are coming together um, that can make a difference. Mm. Mm. Will, it, will it actually make a difference? Well, um, only you know, time will tell. Time will tell, mm. yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think I think a lot of uh, you know what's what's going on, and I, and I've seen it with with some of my friends, not not all. Um, you know, I've just seen changes in them, and and you know, there's one particular uh, friend of mine um, who who said to me, "I need you to, you know, do me a favour and, and have a chat to my son. Uh, he's he, he's probably going to lose his job. Um, he won't get vaccinated." and and when I sat down uh, and, and, I ha and I had a chat with him, it was, it, everything was going swimmingly. And then when I brought up the discussion of, you know, being vaccinated, uh, his, you could see all his, his, you know, his arms folded, his muscles and his neck, he was become quite tense. So I just went about it in a, in a kind way and, and spoke about, you know, his grandparents and, and how much they're missing him. Um, and that sort of eased the discussion a little bit for him he, he became he came out of that so I guess what I'm saying there is I didn't take him head on because I, I could see that his only way in the situation he was from his body language was to, to push back and and that's the last thing I wanted so I just went about it with love and kindness of, of others that you know love him and, and that are missing out you know of seeing their grandson um, because uh, not being vaccinated. Whether I don't think he is uh, to to this day, um, but what I said to to his father was, it's so important that you don't close him off from your life. That you you do send him messages and and you know when you're seeing, give him a hug because he needs that. Um, and you know he'll come around. He'll see. Um, it's well, the only way. I love it. You know you're you're taking a non-confrontational approach and um, providing a sense of warmth and connection and um, easing into something um, and um, using the power of connections, his connections, as a means for um, uh, allowing that stiffened stance to soften. Mm. Um, ultimately, that, that is a source of our, our growth, mm. is to be able to step away from the ramparts, from the mm. uh, defences that we put up 
um, around anything um, and um, soften all of that and, uh, and allow for um, a, a, a dialogue to occur. Mm. If you're hardened up, mm. um, no words can actually reach you. No. No cuddles, uh, mm. uh, if you push the cuddles away, yeah. there is no restoration, there's no healing of the relationship. Mm. So you've got to come back. Um, you've got to be mindful of your own defences and your own walls that are up. Um, and you have to make a decision to say, uh, today I'm going to drop the wall. I'm going to allow my partner to actually sort of you know, cuddle yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, even if the cuddling is in the form of a, we need to talk, darling. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. That's a cuddle too. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as you hear that, we need to talk. Yeah, I'm closing back up again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, so uh, you know, I think there's a great <coughs> blessed other peacemakers. You know, I mean, what you're talking about mm. is uh, uh, not going on war footing, but actually going on, uh, you know, uh, stepping into a dialogue, and uh, that implies the respect of the other, mm. um, and. Um, um, we have to be able to return to an understanding of the powers of persuasion or the powers of dialogue yeah. as a means for shifting um, ideas that are formed for very good reasons. Mm. Um, you know, I think a lot of anti-vaxxers, um, they aren't coming just from, from free dumb. No. Um, uh, they, have a, they have a genuine concern about the increasing um, um, loss of autonomy that individuals um, uh, in a modern society mm -hmm. um, um, are subject to laws that they may not agree with. So um, even our democracy um, is uh, weakened by, um, in so many ways, um, so that nobody has a sense of making a difference or a contribution mm. Mm. or even being heard. Mm. Um, so if all our politicians are on the game, Mm -hmm. um, and um, they're doing very nicely out of their, um, you know, political service. Mm -hmm. um, no wonder the average Joe is actually going. Huh, you yeah. know, they're certainly not backing uh, me yeah. here. So I think yeah. that I think that uh, the vaccination thing is sort of one way of registering. Um, uh, I don't feel part of this deal, and I'm going to say no. Thanks very mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. um, now, as you say, if if we, the deeper message is. There's a lot of people who are disenfranchised by the way we run our country. And the politicians need to hear that. And they need to re-establish uh, uh, a dialogue. It's the same in families. Um, uh, um, if the um, father um, is over-dominant in one way um, and is not hearing the, you know, the voice of his son who's saying uh, you, you know, something, um, that that has to be sort of kind of understood. That has to be explored. Um, if um, if the children are uh, running mum and dad ragged uh, with their demands, teenage demands, um, something's out of whack. You know, the the family system it, it is is concentrated in power in the wrong place. Mm. Um, if if women can't hear men's needs, um, you know, um, you know, then that uh, brings a, a challenge to the relationship. Mm. So it's, um, we have to be open to uh, understanding something about power. Mm. Um, and um, power is a reality, um, but shared power is also another reality. So how do we actually start to explore um, shared power? That's a real question for me. Yeah. <laughs>
Look, I've, I've got a bit of a list about, um, about mental health, which I think is really important. So one of the things is mood regulation. Um, so, so what does that mean? That means um, if your mood is low, what do you do to bring yourself up? Um, if your mood is too high, how do you, do, how do you bring, it, bring it to a, you know, to a place of, that's manageable? Um, so mood regulation is a very interesting um, sort of kind of issue in, in many people's lives. So one of the things about calming strategies, like walking um, or taking some time to breathe, being mindful of your breath, um, you know, that, that's uh, an example of bringing the mood down. Um, meditation um, and mindfulness work um, yeah. brings the cortisol, the arousal levels down. Um, so, and, and you know, if someone's mood is sliding around all over the place, that really is the work um, to actually sort of kind of come to a more even place within yourself mm. where the highs and lows are no longer dominating mm. um, your reality. Um, I think there's some really, something really interesting in that. Um, so uh, finding relaxation skills, um, e even like rub holding metal balls or just rolling around in yeah. your hand mm. um, or, sque or a squeeze ball, um, or snapping something on your wrist. There's all strategies to bring you back into mindfulness mm. of how you're working on something. Mm. And when you reduce the cortisol levels, which is a stress response to increased stress, mm. um, then um, you know the body kind of relaxes. So we don't. We have to teach that sort of stuff. You know, I mean mm. that that sh every child should come through through life able to regulate themselves. Mm. Mm. And if our ed if our um, if we're not meeting that benchmark, then um, uh, children are prey to uh, stress-related and immune problems as a result of unmanageable stress. Mm. Now, in a modern life, our opportunities for just goofing around um, is, uh, is, is substantially reduced. Mm. Mm. So we have to find a way of resurrecting downtime where we're just daydreaming sitting in a chair outside watching a bird going bird watching playing in the garden uh, playing a game of scrabble uh, downtime uh, having a conversation um, uh, making a lovely pot of tea and drinking a pot of tea having a quiet ale by yourself you know or yeah. with someone all of these things are, are stress reducing yeah. um, so we've got to be mindful of stress reduction um, I said before in my talk that relationship repair reduces stress and increases satisfaction. Yeah. So, that, so that's a really important strategy to consider here. Um, we've already talked about paying attention to our dreams. Um, and um, I certainly encourage people to um, start to write their dreams down. Be interested in, in your, your dreaming mind. Yeah. Another one is keeping a journal. Um, now, it's not that you're going to write a, a novel. As the point of a journal is not to write a novel, but it's to capture something of what you are currently occupied by and um, capturing that data so that you... Um, um, you fix the preoccupations that you're having um, through the act of writing it down and you may reread that material. Many people who keep a, uh, a journal say, 
wow, I thought that was really important when I was writing that. Mm. And I read it back a month later, I'm going, God, what on earth was I thinking? You know what I mean? I was, ca I was caught up in something. Mm. But it's the act of externalizing the internal mess that's going yeah. on in your mind. Yeah. That's what's helpful. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So you're not going to write a, a, a first-class novel about this. Uh, well, you might. Um, Montaigne uh, kept a diary, uh, and he was around, you know, 500 years ago. Um, and it was a very rich literary uh, diary th uh, that he kept. Um, and he opened up the beginnings of an of a introspective mind that could talk to itself. Mm. So that's what keeping a journal does. It's mm. a very helpful strategy mm. if you're inclined to write and doodle. Um, you can also draw. Mm. Um, you can also take photographs to capture um, uh, a running daily d uh, diary of yourself. And with smartphones, mm. um, you know, y uh, that's really easy to do mm. is to create a mm. visual journal, visual diary, day-to-day -day of, of what's going on for you. Yeah. Um, adopting conflict resolution practices um, and skills um, is also an additional skill in your toolkit. Mm. So for guys, um, you'll become invaluable to all of us um, if you're driven by um, the desire to reduce conflict in your workplace, in your own life, in your relationships, in the world that you interact mm. upon. Mm. Mate, uh, uh, you're a stayer. Mm. Um, uh, I'm interested. I'm e immediately mm. uh, interested in someone who's able to, mm. um, you know, apply uh, resolution um, and conflict re reduction rather than punching on or frightening everybody by crazy displays of sort of mania or anger or rage. Yeah. yeah. Um, another one is ho uh, creative skills or a hobby. Um, um, you know, you know, find something that interests you. Um, that you can lavish love on and mm. skill and, and mm. develop that. Mm. Um, that immediately steps you away from a life of productivity of you know just being a worker, a slave or a worker ant in the machine of capitalism mm. um, um, because um, there are many jobs that really are just um, repetitious um, and they don't employ the best of you. Mm. Um, unfortunately, that's the way we're structured our, our work still. We don't talk about vocation much um, as work as, a, as meaningful or as a vocation. Um, but if we did more of that, um, then um, you know, we would immediately start to change the way that we view the world. So um, that's important, the, 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 a hobby, a skill, a mm. creative thing mm. that you, um, that, that you yeah. develop. Friendships. Our friendships are um, crucial uh, to a sense of, um, of, of being seen. If people s who are your friends see you, they invariably help you. Yeah. They, will, they provide a commentary on who you are. Mm. Um, and it's a beautiful source of feedback and a view, beautiful source of affirmation. Mm. So if you're without friends, um, I'd be saying, how can we help or start to talk about how has that happened? How mm. has this happened? Mm. Yeah? Mm. yeah. Now that's an act yeah. of restoration, helping somebody to come back into a friendship loop in which they are seen. Yeah. Um, and, and again, it's a casualty of too highly an individual idea of existence, um, we are also herd animals as much as we are individual. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. friendships are crucial yeah. as a way of uh, bringing satisfaction, joy, and consolation into our life. Getting the latest device um, um, is not a source of happiness, mm. but friendships are a source of 
uh, uh, enduring happiness. Rich gold, isn't it? It's a rich. Go it's gold. Mm. Um, parts work. Th th this is really interesting. Um, what do I mean by parts work? I don't mean by spare parts to, to actually rebuild a car, but th that could be a wonderful hobby to do. And I know a number of people who restore old cars and obtain enormous satisfaction from that. Um, I, I love that. But parts work is to actually say, there's a part of me that wants to do this. There's another part of me that wants to do that. Mm. So uh, l let me have a, a exploration of the parts of me mm. um, so I can get a, an, an idea of what's going on inside me what's driving me in this particular moment. Mm. So being open to parts of you. Now, when you're sad, you're not all sad. Not all parts of you are sad. Mm. Mm. There are uh, other parts of you that aren't as um, uh, sad as other parts. Yeah. So you want to know about those other parts of you that are uh, open to something else. Right. That are open to another narrative, mm. other than a sad narrative. Yeah, okay. Yeah? Draw you out of that sad narrative. So, yeah, so yeah because we can tend to positive from it all absolutely yeah absolutely mm. so parts work is really interesting as a, um as a way of breaking that um hegemony of a difficult mood or a sad yeah. mood or a bad mood um because um, not all of us are that one thing that we actually state in that moment mm. our brain is particularly good at specialization and naming one thing and making that the whole story. Loves yeah. that, loves that. Yeah. But yeah. actually it ain't true. Mm. There are other stories to tell. And we need to have people around us that help us to step out of old parts and yeah. move into new parts. Yeah. 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 Um, and parts that of our becoming. Um, look, y all of us also need to have healing conversations. And what psychotherapy does is... is opens up a conversation in which you you are encouraged to um, explore the all of you and that's and that's a healing mm -hmm. and there's no judgments there's no you must do this or must do that mm -hmm. it is a profound invitation to mm -hmm. say well who are you yeah um, um, and what has shaped you mm -hmm. um, what has hurt you um, what has excited you mm -hmm. um, what has opened you up to the re uh, to a reverence for life Mm. we don't talk about does one have a reverence for life mm. what, is, what does even that mean well reverence is to actually say uh, I'm in love with this thing called life mm. I'm in love with this thing called our planet mm. our earth mm. I'm in love with um, the opposite sex mm. uh, I'm, uh, the, the, you know I have a reverence mm. and um, that um, one bends one's knee uh, when one is reverent mm. Mm. Um, Capitalism, if we all bent our knee in reverence, uh, would change overnight. Yeah, yeah, we would have a much better distribution model of the wealth that we're co-creating. Yeah, yeah. instantly. Um, I've talked about adequate downtime. You know, R and R. Um, we, we we used to talk about R and R, rest and recreation. Now it's a dirty word. It was all supposed to be incredibly productive and having, <laughs> you know, moving from one activity to uh, to to another mm. and becoming all sort of kind of um, perfectionists mm. at the thing that we're doing. It's uh, I'm starting to get tired just talking about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just want to rest, right. get off the bloody uh, treadmill. Um, the other thing I'm interested in is encouraging people to develop self-reflective capacity. Right. Um, I am aware of my triggers. And I'm aware of the positive triggers and I'm aware of my negative triggers. Right. Um, a person who self-reflects, you can have a conversation with. 
A person who doesn't self-reflect can only tell you what happened, mm. but they can't tell you how they felt about what happened because mm. mm. they have no mm. reflective capacity. Mm. And that means the conversation ends very quickly. Mm. Mm. So self-reflective practice is the pathway to the royal road to, uh, to, uh, to growth, mm. to well-being, to satisfaction. Mm. Having goals, an idea of your journey, very valuable. Mm. Um, having an education goal, very valuable. Um, um, so goals aren't the, a thing that just has come out of business. Um, goals are uh, something that all of us can um, and must um, lay down some idea of who we're becoming mm. um, and to make those goals explicit um, and, to have, and to understand something of the, the rewards that come out of achievement of, of goals or of, uh, uh, so yeah I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, um, solidly behind the, the, the use of um, direction established by goals but to live a life only through the achievement of goals isn't a life either. Mm. So it's, a, it's just a tool on the way towards, um, um, to, towards one's becoming. Mm. Um, uh, Sam Keane, who wrote a book called Fire in the Belly, this is for us men. A, this is a quote, and I'll read it. A person must go on a quest to discover the sacred fire in the sanctuary of his own belly, to ignite the flame in his heart, to fuel the blaze in the hearth, to rekindle his ardour for the earth. So what does it mean for a person to go on a quest? Well, it's actually about shaping a direction. It's actually about saying, I'm on a path to learning and I'm willing to undergo uh, my initiation into a deeper sense of myself. Mm. In order to do that, I've got to discover a fire for being mm. in the belly of, in the sanctuary of my own belly. Deep within, yeah. Deep within, mm. absolutely. Mm. Um, and um, the passion, uh, Schopenhauer said it as well, um, to, to come just from goal and reward um, without passion um, is, uh, is, is, is a half a life lived. Mm. So you have to have fire in your belly because that, dry, that, mm. that feeds, that's the energy you draw upon in terms of your quest and in terms of your be becoming. Mm. So you have to have a passion of fire. You have to have a flame in your heart for, um, for, for, for this world mm. in order to have ardor for this earth in order to, to preserve, to look after this earth, to be truly um, you know, a person that can be called upon mm. to do the right thing, mm. not the wrong thing. Mm. Mm. Not an invader, but a person who um, um, you know, has an ardor for this earth. Mm. Um, one has to fuel the blaze in the hearth. What does that mean? Well, the hearth is the home. And um, a lot of us men have been commitment phobic or have disappeared out of, out of prior relationships, um, um, myself included. So we have to ignite the flame in the hearth, mm. which means that we show up, not as perpetrators, but we show up as, um, uh, as, uh, as, as that deep male presence mm. 
that um, has a holding function as much as the maternal mm. has a holding a function. Mm. Yeah? Mm. yeah. Mm. So what Sam Keen is saying is, um, is a profound invitation to us uh, stepping away from um, surface preoccupations into a deepening um, experience of growing. Yeah. And um, when a man starts to talk from that place, you can feel the energy, you yeah. can feel the movement, yeah. you know, yeah. and, you're and, you're, and you're inspired um, yeah. as well. Um, and you're moved to actually go, how am I doing with my journey? This yeah. guy's really pressing, uh, he's, really, he's really firing me up, you know, I'm getting excited. Um, so that, that's a gift, exciting mm. others mm. with their journey, with mm. their quest. This doesn't come from a doctor. This comes from actually doing your work. You know what I mean? <laughs> it comes from hard work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you put it in, and you, you, you know, you, it's you get the rewards very quick and easy too. Yeah. If, you know, just um, but I guess try not to do too much at once. That's the the the, the real key, or expect too much from uh, from what you're putting. But sow the seeds, reap the rewards. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I can't. That's yeah, well said. Yeah. sow the seeds and reap the rewards and the rewards um, will um, continue to amaze and surprise you one of the things I've sort of been blown away is the, is the more I pay attention to themes that sort of emerge day by day by day this is an uncanny sense that um, I'm thinking about something like um, um, coincidence and then around me all day are coincidences so I get up in the morning and I read something on resilience and then and the every thing, client yeah. that comes in is talking, talking about, about resilience <laughs> um, and then I uh, sit down at the end of the night to watch a movie and it's on resilience yeah. and I'm going what yeah. this is spooky you know, so, so <laughs> you stop it yeah <laughs> I get it all the time uh, it's happening now Okay. <laughs> well, no, it is in, yeah, in a yeah. sense. It is, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, you wonder if it's a message. Well, Bodes, thanks, mate. It's uh, it, today has been another wonderful show with your uh, many uh, topics of wisdom, um, and and you know, I'm sure if uh, we as men uh, could hear, well, if we have heard you today, we will find and reap those rewards because um, yeah, it's all about doing the work and and putting in the yards, but it's well worth it. Uh, big thanks, of course, to Bodie Marzen, psychotherapist. He's in Wentworth Falls, 0416, no, uh, sorry, 0424 416 969. 0424 416 969. I've got it written down here somewhere, Bodes, but I, I, I did get it right off the top of the head. Uh, a special thanks to uh, Mounties Group, uh, Dale Hunt, uh, the Lawson Post Office. Uh, down there with Dale Hunt and also too to my good mate Craig Beachy from All Manufacturing Personnel. Uh, Craig's uh, number is 0416 700 870. Uh, we're hoping to be back next week. There's, there may be, we may not be here, but uh, we'll certainly give you plenty of notice uh, with the wonderful uh, singer-songwriter Nick Danter to join us again. Um, and I think we'll just continue on this path of, of what we're doing here, uh, getting through some topics which... Uh, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's helpful for us as men. And, and Bodes, thanks, mate. 
I'd love some listeners to actually send us some questions yeah. too. Yeah, um, like we got you know, some a couple of weeks ago. That was yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. So uh, you know, don't hesitate to, uh, with your feedback. We're in- we're interested, very yeah. interested, particularly here, or if you're uh, from overseas. Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, absolutely. more than anything, we'd uh, we'd love you to uh, give us uh, some of your questions or some of your topics or something that's uh, maybe bothering you or maybe it's a story you have uh, yes yeah. or an insight that um, or a, um, a skill that you have developed um, yeah. that you think is worth sharing absolutely yeah, 100% 100% uh, be kind to each other and uh, we'll see you next week uh, it's uh, the men's mental health show saying a big thank you bye bye